What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Ableton Music Producer Podcast. This is Dan Giffen. Today, I've got a great guest. His name is Andrea Fradangelo, and he is an Italian-born and LA-based producer. He produces house and techno under the name Bot. You may know him from the former duo project he was in called Crookers, uh, where he and his partner released the famous house remix of Day and Night by Kid Cudi, uh, which was in the UK singles chart at number two. As Bot, he's had releases on Dirty Bird Records. It's a great label I love. Uh, has had collabs that charted number 10 on Beatboard's techno genre. Uh, he's also had a few courses on mixing house and techno music in Ableton Live. And he shares a lot of good stuff today, talking about side chaining, mixing workflows, how to find the right person for mastering your tracks, his favorite Ableton devices and plugins, funny stories about him playing shows, and a lot of good stuff in this episode. I want to give a huge shout out to the sponsors for this episode, Melodics. They make a really cool desktop app you can download and you can plug in almost any MIDI controller, an electric drum set, plug in your push too. And it's a great way just to have fun and gamify the art of practicing. As Da Vinci said on one of the previous episodes, you just have to practice loving to practice. And Melodics does a really good job of building an app that helps you do that. Um, there's a lot of different genres. There's a huge lesson variety. Definitely encourage you to check that out. Go to Melodics.com. You can get a free trial, and also if you decide to commit, join the subscription, save 20% with the discount code LPO-20. That's LPO-20. Save that money. Before we jump in, if you don't own the newest Ableton Live 11, definitely missing out. Check it out. Go to liveproducersonline.com slash buy Ableton, and I will be happy to hook you up with a discount save that money in the bank you can use it to buy more plugins or whatever else that's liveproducersonline.com slash buy ableton also if you want to get the latest podcast episodes go to liveproducersonline.com slash newsletter i'll send you new episodes you'll be the first to receive new content and goodies and also on the website liveproducersonline.com happy to have you join the membership uh, there's a free seven-day trial jump in I've updated my Ableton Live 11 production course and some downloads in there as well. Without wasting any more time, let's jump straight into the episode now with Andrea. Hey man, how's it going? Going good, how are you? Pretty good. Awesome. Sorry I'm a second late. I, uh, it's fine. I have a, a squirrel issue I had to take care of. I have a pet squirrel that I recently adopted. He kind of adopted me actually. Uh, he just started coming up one day and I started feeding him nuts. Literally, another squirrel found out that there was a free handout, so they're like fighting right now. I had to break them up. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole thing. How you doing, man? Good. I'm having also squirrels here, but they're not friends. Mm. <laughs> they're yeah, fucking up my. I I grow tomatoes. I hate them. Sorry for that. Because <laughs> they <they're, laughs> they like take a bite, and that's it. Just enough yeah. to kill the plant. Just just like the tomato, because mm. they're growing, and I'm like. Damn. Can you finish it? Can you just like Yeah, it's like I'll eat the whole thing, let me eat it. Yeah, they take a bite from everyone. I'm like, just one bite, like oh man, that's rude. It's rude, honestly. Yeah. And they're smart. No matter what netting system I do, they, they they manage to get around it. Like, how the fuck did you get in? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> they're crafty, man. You gotta be careful. Those squirrels will get you. I'm yeah, I have a friend. A friend is like, he's terrified by squirrels. They can attack you. They've got really, really like sharp front teeth. Like they can chew through a nut. They can chew through just about anything. 
Well, thankfully, my my one squirrel friend before the other one showed up, we got pretty close. His name's Henry, and uh, he would just eat out of my hand. I would just like hand it, like he would just hang out on my lap. We got pretty close. Yeah, you got the trust. Yeah, we built up some trust. Wow. Honestly, I think I'd like to think he's better than all the other ones, <laughs> but he's a special one. And I tried to eat. I guess you know they're not trying to be assholes to my plants. I feel. Yeah, they're just trying to live, man. It's a yeah. hard life out there in the wild. It's a hard luck life for a squirrel. It really is, man. <laughs> but you're in uh you're in LA, right? Yeah. You're still a little waking up. I don't know. I'm trying to shake away. I have a I'm a terrible schedule. Oh really? And yeah, because I've been working at night a little bit. Yeah. Music. Yeah. I did. Because I'm locked in the house, I can work at night also. Because the neighbors don't really hear it. Do you find that you're more inspired producing in the evening versus the daytime? To be honest, like my my best time of the day, personally, but I think it's because of the way my body works, is around 7 p.m. Like oh. a little, for me, it's like before dinner. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, if it's really good, then there's no dinner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you're happy, you know, right. dinner at midnight. Getting that flow. Yeah, but I've been also working on first NFT uh, with, with these people from Germany. And many times it's like the group call is like at, at midnight. Cause they're really? Waiting. Yeah, because for them it's like nine or ten. Something. How's that going with the whole NFT thing? That's like a really hot thing right now. Everybody and their grandma is making one, it seems like. like- yeah, I was, and to be honest, I was talking shit about uh about all these nfts because i'm like oh, what is this you know it's like a, a loop a 3d with a loop of a song yeah. so we wanted to do it a little bit more special in the sense it's kind of that's it in a little in a way but also we are doing a whole song so yeah if if you get the nft because it's also limited copies it's not just one right and uh you get a full song that just you have you know it's not gonna come out yeah it's just for the so I thought the value, the artistic value is also to have an exclusive piece of music. That's a cool idea. Yeah. At, at least it justifies the the price because I know there's digital frames, but I'm not really sure about having an NFT, how it works. You, right. Friends like, hey, come. You open your laptop. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Check out the screen. Yeah, I bought well, that. Check out. It's like mine. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting concept where you can digitalize a piece of property that somebody can own and buy into, like a share of stock. Basically, it's it's yeah. just a interesting whole new landscape that's exploded recently. Uh, NFT. Anybody listening right now who's completely confused, it stands for non fungible token NFT. But yeah, do you know Gary V? He's like a big influencer business thought leader guy no. he bundles all of his N- nfts with like an actual physical product that you receive as well um so like he started a conference basically and if you buy the nft it gives you certain access in that conference but oh, yeah. it's interesting I know those tickets are from what i hear those crypto conferences are insanely expensive oh yeah yeah like tk for a ticket i'm like what yeah. Yeah. When you have like, yeah. When you have like 2 million Instagram followers, that probably helps to jack up the price. Yeah. 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 But 
But cool, man. Well, let's talk more about you. Like, I, I think I didn't even know we were recording. To be completely honest, I was <laughs> no, like, cool. I were doing chit chat. Uh, that's how I prefer it, and I just kind of like to jump straight in it and just hang out. Yeah. Um, Can I just like check one thing in my speaker there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I like your acoustic panels. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were like. To be honest, I, rec- I wouldn't recommend anyone to buy acoustic panels. Really? really well they're really cheap i mean depend how crafty you are i mean they, they work of course my yeah. point was more like if you if you are a bit handy person like they're really easy to make yeah, yeah. and the materials are super cheap mm-hmm. so wool, wool rock and fabric it's like one of my friends did the same thing he built out his own acoustic panels and it was one of the best home treated studios i've been in I mean, he really knows what he's doing too, but he was even using like crazy materials, uh, like even egg cartons that he like encapsulated into like this foam box and like the old school, like cheap do yourself studio at home because apparently they work pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You you can make them thicker. Also, if you make them yourself, you can make, you know, a lot of them. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, again, yeah, I I actually cannot build them myself because I'm, not good handyman, but like, <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly really not that much either, dude. To be honest, if you're one of those people who have uh, the, the wood stuff in the garage, like I have a friend like that, and for him, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's good to have friends like that, and you just make them do it for you. Exactly. You are producing under the name Bot now, and you have been for a few years, right? And yeah, I'll and- start with split with my previous project, Crookers, right. Right. Yeah. And that was a duo project. I'd say probably one of the biggest works that you did. A lot of people listening probably know is the day and night flip with, uh, with Kid Cudi. That was really tight. Big fan of that. Yeah. That was a lot of years ago. It was yeah. like my face days. Uh-huh. We didn't know what we we're doing anyway, but so it was, but it was interesting days because, you know, it was felt like kind of new music, new sounds and, then it just worked. Yeah. It, it wasn't like a thing that you could be like, oh, if we do this, then it's gonna go mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's like I had no I no clue. From the moment we played it first, we were like, oh, let's never play it again. Because it didn't go <laughs> And then a year later it's on the radio. And you're like weird. I think I, I looked on Spotify a second ago, I had like 73 million streams, I think. Damn, I wish I had points though. it was a remix we did just again given the the casualty over the years it was just like hitting up Cuddy on MySpace being like hey man like can you send us the stems we just want to do a version for us that's cool and we did it and wasn't even released at first was a free download on because A-Track released it so it was a free download on Fool's Gold and then the song you know some songs like that that was an interesting lesson I think some songs have a life of their own and yeah. it's not even it's like that the right sound for the right moment and even that day and night i think it took a little while for it to become a perfect match of the sounds because we did it like early 2008 and then it became successful like early 2009 wow so yeah. it took some it, time it was almost like watching a track have a life of their own um huh. which was interesting for me yeah yeah since it's a remix you know it's good for cuddy yeah <laughs> good for him 
<laughs> and the label. Well, let me let me ask you, like, do you think having the mentality of like, like you said earlier, you're joking, like, well, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just making a track. Like, do you think not putting pressure on yourself in that way where it's just like you're just floating around, just making random shit for fun, like actually work to your advantage creatively? Yeah, I think that was the, uh, the thing of that time. And also because me and my ex partner in, in that project are both hip hop heads. So yeah. we can't come from hip hop. So for us, it was like kind of fun because I also was into deep, super, you know, snobby deep house before that. And, and it was like a real fun moment also for me. And because it's like, for us, we were just me creating a weird kind of deep house mix with hip hop. Yeah. And, um, it's, yeah, again, it was like, oh, I can make something that didn't really exist before and it's fun and people are feeling it. So I think it was a, a few good years. Uh, and then the whole EDM, I think, thing happened and it became a little more, um, I don't know, codified. Yeah. Where there's this kind of EDM, that kind of... Yeah. And it became really hard, like super hard. Yeah. Felt like, did you ever feel like boxed in because of that into like a certain genre or whatever? Well, it, it felt like uh, going, you know, playing the festivals, you could feel the switch, the same people playing harder and being maybe smarter, c- catering to how the, the audience mm-hmm. uh, taste was evolving, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, hats off for them. It's, it's just a thing like, uh, I think... I'm not really good at making music that I don't like. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and it's not like, oh, I'm a pure artist. You know, I wish I would be great at making music I don't like. <laughs> it's a skill. It's a talent. But I think I'm not. Yeah. And there's that. So you just like hanging in there, I think, when, when, when it's not your thing and you know you're not giving really your 100%. Yeah because you don't even like the tracks you're doing you probably also by the end also actually you know you might even not like the, your your set that much that's the thing that i heard in in a few artists you know not gonna name names of course of in edm that by the end it's almost like some people like let their career end because it's it's like i can't you know it's, yeah it's too much yeah it's almost like you are channeled in, into a lane and after a while you look back like how the fuck did i get here yeah do you think some of that comes from like pressure of labels maybe that are like doing that to some artists in certain I think, places i think it's, it's it's obviously a mix i think the biggest pressure without pointing fingers is money yeah money pressures you to do it yeah it money that other people are making from you or with you or being even you being like, well, don't really like it, but ah, that's an interesting amount of money. And then, hmm. you know, I, I think it's, it's money. It's yeah. just, um, yeah. Money it, rules the world. Basically, you know, it's like, I, I think it's cool though, that I think know, it's, you know, not, there are some really, some action, some people that are, I think these pure artists, but I yeah. think it's, it's more rare. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting insight from somebody like you who's been in it for a while. I would rather honestly be broke or make less money and still be doing what I love and making music I'm super proud of for me. You know, that's kind of how I feel. And if it works out, like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's yeah. Cool. You know, 
not gonna lie to be honest like oh i i would make both what if yeah. i can make one commercial song and then have a year when i'm just like nerding out yeah on my you know more passion projects yeah but i think you know it's soul crushing it feels when people are forced to just do the stuff that they're not feeling yeah because otherwise you know Sometimes also, well, I like doing it also. That's why we are in a production podcast, but I do engineering and mastering and help with productions and sure, but I like it. And, uh, and that helps me produce, but I have some friends that maybe are forced to just do that all day long. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the good way to, to, to see it anyway, instead of getting depressed that you don't have your artistic output, like fully available is that well you still don't have a real day job that you have to go every day and and there are fixed hours you're still working from home in your underwear if you want and yeah it's nice it's like it's still a privileged thing anything to me that that makes me um survive by just making music yeah and you know i live in a nice house and you know i'm a bit like you you know i don't need to be like I don't need to have a like four-story house, my private or stuff like that. Yeah, but get a private jet. But if I have a decent house, good foods, and I can make music every day, all day, like that's success. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've played some really cool places, man, and um, you've done a lot of really great shows and played clubs and traveled around the world. And are you starting to get into playing some more live shows? Not the world is kind of sort of going back to normal, or? Well, well, I did my first one last Friday. Okay. Um, How was it? It was actually weird because I thought, you know, it was a smaller place in Orange County. And I thought I would feel like, oh, like we're back, you know, kind of like I missed this. Yeah. And I don't know because if I've, I've done it so many times, but it felt like normal. <laughs> really? That's felt cool. like it never stopped. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, sure. Like this is, you know, yeah. I know, I know this. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was good. And um, yeah, I'm planning. To play more, also as bought, but also I'm, I'm, um, I can't. Um, actually, I, I did a listening session with a colleague of yours from Ableton. I have a new project with another person, so we, we're going to launch that. Oh, try it. September. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, I've been enjoying not traveling uh, a lot, except for not making money off shows. That was not great. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. The traveling part of DJing, I think. I mean, I'm not the first one who said it. I think that's what you're paid for. Because, I mean, me personally, when I start DJing, it's like everything's fine. Even if yeah. I'm tired, I don't care. Like, those, that's the easy part. Like, the performance is like, oh, okay, finally. Uh, yeah. Traveling, not sleeping much sometimes, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. you get lonely. Yeah. So I think that that's that's the yeah. part um, that I don't. But I'm I'm planning to to go back to that and um, do it a little different. <laughs> okay, right on. Well, uh, what are like some of your favorite shows you played? I guess because you played a lot. I mean, I, I think the, um, the the two shows I think that that it was weird physical reaction to the crowd. Where I think like one was like I was you know was I love techno many years ago in Belgium, and with Crookers we had a, a song that you know had a synth it hasn't it had not uh, vocals, okay. 
at the the melody of the synth could be kind of sung and so it was like having you know 15,000 people hum you know like in a stadium way the melody that you wrote on your fucking sorry for the swearing (laughs) on your midi keyboard at home I was just like physically I don't know inside your body it's I was just I had the, probably the stupidest smile in the year. Oh, that's perfect. It's like the body was moving yeah, along. That's awesome. And, yeah. And second time, kind of similar. It was a festival in Spain. And, you know, the time slots are kind of insane. So we started at 3 a.m. And wow. it's, it's super packed. And it was kind of like bands before us. So rock bands. Yeah. So we were the first, like, electronic act and you know, just just the kick comes in, and it's just like, again, twenty thousand people like in unison jumping, and then it's three a.m. Awesome. You know, I want to go to bed. You know, trying <laughs> to, to keep keep at it, and uh, yeah. and you have that, and your body is like, oh, we're good. <laughs> yeah, the adrenaline, serotonin kicks in. Yeah, but yeah. and happiness. It's a weird. Uh, just feel happy. Yeah. So yeah. That's true, man. I feel that when I've been on tour, like, and I'm just about ready to take a nap side stage and then like you get on stage and then halfway through, you just like wake up. It's just like the crowd, you see the crowd in it. You just feed off that energy. It's like, it's like drugs. It's like the best thing. You just feel that energy and it just keeps you going. Keeps you up. Speaking of that energy and drugs, I think like I noticed that once even in Keith Richards, I saw like a, a Rolling Stone show. And, you know, kind of recently, so he's like, I don't know, 97 years yeah, he's old. He's an old guy, yeah. <laughs> and, I don't lie, for the first third of the show, he looks like a bit dead. And then, you know, the crowd and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I think, anyway, just reiterating what you said. The, yeah, he has to keep playing to stay alive. Otherwise, he'd probably die of old age. <laughs> I mean, also, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, the chain smoking cigarettes. Yeah, probably doesn't have- help. <laughs> Get him some Nicorette gum or something. Keep him alive <laughs> a little longer. So how did you get into Ableton? Like, when did that come about? And were you using other dolls before that? Or how did you get into the producing? Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, PBR, I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, cheers, man. Cheers. Drinking a White Claw. It's early for me, but hey. I'm a, I'm a basic bitch today. I got my White Claw. <laughs> it's a bit too short. Oh, yeah. I mean, with dolls, I had them all. I started with computers, I think, make music, 99. I think, and the first one, uh, it was the first version of Fruity Loops nice. back then. It was just buttons. It was just like 16 buttons, a sequence. And then uh, really all of them. Reason, Reason was cool, like, like 2000. And then I went to Cubase. Then Logic, because to do a sidechain on Cubase back in the days, it was like, quadriphony routing weird stuff and then logic one button stuck with logic till nine i already worked with with ableton like just to do mixes dj mixes if i was you know on the road and i cannot record a mix but i have to do it in the computer Mm -hmm. so i was familiar um i was a no-brainer just let me just switch to that yeah it took a little while so i was doing both but mm-hmm. since well now it's since eight years it's just live yeah it's just i don't know having tried them all 
in this range of DAWs, it's it's just the fastest. It's super versatile. Yeah. Almost impossible to lose a session now. Yeah. Just yeah, with the yeah with backup, that was a nice feature. Also, you know, you, you can unplug this the the plug from your computer and it's still saved somehow. Yeah. So that that yeah. was huge for me. Oh yeah, that for sure. Really huge. We've all been there. That's a scary moment. <laughs> oh, why are you losing? It's like it's lost. Yeah. 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 So and. And what and I, ver- I was just gonna say, sorry. What uh, what version are you using now? I'm on eleven. Okay, nice. Um, I'm actually trying to talk, as I mentioned, like someone in the plugin division for from you guys. There's functions. I mean, the eleven has some plugins that have functions that I always dreamt of. Maybe like in a, in another plugin from the one really? that I like to have with. Like what? But yeah, you you guys have been also really responsive. I've been at the the Pasadena office here, and um, I don't know. I like the fact that there is some um, how do you say this uh, conversation with with artists, and um, I, I don't know some involvement also. In it's not just like here's our software. Yeah. Or make music. There is, seems there's more like trying to involve people or succeed. <laughs> have a studio even that it's available for artists who can you know you have to book it but it's free so some initiatives are really interesting and positive yeah man totally i'm i feel very blessed to be a certified trainer and the company company has always been really good i think about user feedback i think they do a really good job of listening to their customers um more than a lot of other companies i could say uh, as far as like even having a forum and I know that they have dedicated people on the team that are just constantly going through forums and just looking at requests. And that would be a hard job, honestly, if you were the one just picking requests all the time for updates, but you know, they, yeah. they do it. So yeah, yeah I think great company. We'll get back. but yeah, it's, it's always, uh, and quite much around the world. Actually, weirdly enough, I have a friend, He's from Germany, but he works for Ableton too. And he lives in Kuala Lumpur. And, you know, he's always like doing, you know, Southeast Asia, you know, traveling to teach people and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's very uh, active. That's true. Yeah, they were really generous during COVID. They were, they were uh, paying a lot of the certified trainers to do webinars and things um, just to keep, keep us yeah. going. You know, it's your livelihood to teach. It's pretty hard when the world shut down. So they really helped us with that, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, just want to give you a quick reminder. If you haven't checked out Melodics, it's that really cool desktop app. And you can plug in almost any MIDI controller, gamify the art of practicing, have fun while doing it. And they have a huge lesson variety of different genres, whether you like to produce house music or trap or whatever. And even helps you become a better producer, a better finger drummer, playing keys and scales. There's a lot of really good lessons and content in there. So check out the free trial. Go to melodics.com, M-E-L-O-D-I-C-S.com. Give them some love. We love them. And if you decide to join the subscription, make sure you save some cash and use the discount code LPO-20. That's LPO-20 at melodics.com. And back to today's episode. Yeah, I saw that you had a couple courses that you released online. 
Um, it was with IO Music I, I Academy. Music. Yeah, talk about that. Like, um, it, you did some. It was specifically on house and techno, obviously, but you talked about some mixing things. Maybe share like a couple of concepts that you had in that course. I'm sure people would love to hear that. Yeah, I mean, it was all based on Ableton, and uh, I tried to use the least possible, you know, third-party plugins. Mm-hmm. That's because if you do a production lesson and you're like use this plugin and then it's like oh how much are all those it's oh, two thousand dollars so, <laughs> right yeah uh, uh you know but the, the only thing that I'm, I'm really really super excited about um and actually did a third class uh, that's just online it's multi-band multi-band compression um specifically side chaining okay uh, because i think it that is the biggest change that happened in in my production process because it's um it's changed the way I mix mm-hmm. uh, because if if two elements say are in the mix down and they're clashing because they take up the same space but they have a different character usually what you did is just the cue yeah find the sweet spot with the cueing where they're not fighting with each other too much mm-hmm. and that's it and unless you were to draw automations though that EQ is static. The whole yeah. track, it's going to sound EQ like that. Uh, what I liked about multiband sidechain is that it doesn't need to be like that if those two elements are not playing always together. Or if I have different releases, different dynamics. Um, so basically, to try to make it simple, you individuate what frequency is it that they're clashing and decide what of the two has to prevail in that frequency yeah, and uh, trigger a, lo- a dynamic lowering in volume um, based on that. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I was very clear, but in, yeah, in, no, it was. In, 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 yeah, the signal gets weaker with less frequencies only when it's clashing with the other signal. So together, they will still give you a, a full, full sound, but there won't be mixing... Um, mistakes there won't be frequencies that are too harsh or resonate because they, they just sum up yeah uh, it, it will still have space it will sound full a full sound without clashing yeah but without mistakes and 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 doubling frequencies as you know if there's too many that it takes away a lot of the whole space of the mix down because mm-hmm. uh, basically it helps create more space in the mix which is w- without uh, weakening uh, the output, which I think it's like always the the goal, yeah, uh, to to have it sound full, present, dynamic, uh, but really you want it to be the least full possible. It's always have the least, yeah, f- the least frequencies that you're not don't need in that period time of the song. Yeah, go for it. Take them out. Yeah, it it it, it also really adds up. Because when you take out even like three dBs here, two there, but you do it uh, in your whole project and it becomes like a system that you do mm-hmm. normally, then you know you do it for 20, 20 channels, there's a lot of space you opened up. And yeah. that makes a difference. It, it might be on one channel, you might be like, well, you know, it's not changing my world. But it adds up, adds up, and, and then it's like, well, no, now it's... It makes made it easier also to to have things sound loud, yeah. Uh, because there's not 
things that are just fighting with each other. Yeah. Everything can breathe and, you know, keep pumping. Yeah. No, I mean, definitely for sure, man. I agree. When, when I started really learning and understanding multiband, just in general for anything like multiband compression or, or multiband side chaining or even saturation, that opened up like a whole new world of like thinking differently about how I'm mixing and how I'm producing as well. You know, choosing certain sounds that you automatically know are going to fit together rather than just spending hours just like smashing them and trying to make it work. Yeah. I mean, I just felt stupid right now because you said multiband saturation. I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, using, I'm using like Saturn. Yeah, Saturn's great. And I'm like, wow, I should do that more. <laughs> true. Sometimes also that. Yeah. If you saturate the whole signal, some frequencies you don't don't need to be saturated. Yeah. Like bass. Sometimes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Sub for sure. The and get some grit or the low mids. Yeah. And another one that I was forgetting is multiband stereo imaging. Also, I put mm. on everything. Really? Okay. And because also that is good for the same reason, as you know, you know, I mean, there is nothing else than a delay milliseconds from left and right. Yeah. Um, and because of the way our brain processes it, it usually feels more present, as in louder. Yeah. Sometimes. So also that, but by using the right frequency to, to open up in a, in a particular channel, all of a sudden it comes out. In, in the mix and like when you really win and I'm, I'm happy when that happens is like when you thought, Oh, I have to turn these hats up say, because they're not really coming out. And then you're like, Oh no, wait, let me try with the stereo imaging. And you open up just the, the higher spectrum of the frequencies and all of a sudden it's too loud. So yeah. you like turn down the volume. And also that that's the win that I was saying before. Uh, you get it more present by actually having less signal. Mm. And, and that's for, for mixing is yeah. so much preferable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any favorite tools for stereo imaging that you use? Ozone 9. Yeah. I really like the, I really like Ozone 9. All of Ozone. Low focus. Uh, also, that's magic. Actually, I have asked them. Because I talked to them too, I did some beta testing for Newverb, which actually is really good—a good reverb. What is it? Uh, Ozone, uh, no, Isotope Neoverb. Oh, I haven't played with the Neoverb yet, but I've heard great things. It's really cool. It's super simple, but it, it has that um, kind of—and this is a compliment, actually—cheap reverb from the '80s, uh, like the the Rex kind of uh, sound. Yeah. Which, to be honest, now if you want to buy one of those, I don't even know how much they're, $4,000. Yeah, a lot. And, and anyway, it, it has that um, grain, uh, the, the kind of texture, I don't know how to say it, that it's, it's easier to mix. You know, yeah. I, I don't really like super realistic reverbs, like mm. input response ones. You know, it's more for classical music or if you are like doing movies. And, and it's really recreating a environment kind of thing. I, but I don't think... I, th I think it definitely depends on the style of music, too. That you're yeah. kind of great. Yeah. Or if you're doing a soundtrack for music, then, yeah, it helps. 
I really actually do like the convolution reverb in Ableton. I don't know if you played much with that. There, I don't. Yeah, that one is good. I usually find some of the presets, and then I'll just like smash them up and change them, and and to whatever I think fits. Valhalla Vintage Verb has been my bread and butter. Like I love that thing all day. Those also are super simple, nice, and they're cheap. He said, "Yeah, the the max. I don't know if it's in the normal ones now. The convolution for live is actually fine. I, mm-hmm. There was one preset that if I wanted a big reverb, yeah, that is was better than putting the seconds on. I don't know nine yeah. normal one. Yeah, I was never a big nine reverb fan. The new hybrid reverb in eleven is actually kind of interesting. I like setting shimmer. It has the algorithm algorithmic. Um, you can change it from dark." I think it's called dark something to uh, oh, shimmer and it creates like a, have you ever used Valhalla shimmer before or anything like that? It has a similar sound. It's just this real bright pad, shiny toy sound. It's actually very cool. You might like it. Uh, it's like, like a spring verb. Yeah, sort of. But it's like if spring verb was more glittery, it's like glitter kind of sound if, if glitter had a sound yeah well it's metal metal yes i guess sort of yeah metal plates i guess yeah the hybrid reverb it's it's dope you'll just have to play with it if you go into the algorithm it's dark hall but then you change it to shimmer and then you change the shimmer knob pull it to the right and play with the dry wet you can get some really cool I'm going bright, bright pad sounds i did not notice it's fun I mean, honestly, there's billions of tricks we could probably go back and forth all day and share with each other today for sure. Like, be here for 12 I, hours. <laughs> but I think I'm making a, a a weird album just with Spectral Resonator, by the way. Yeah, do it. I'm on track number four. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. That's awesome. What do you put it on? Um, Literally anything. Yeah. Anything. Usually beats. The mm-hmm. whole the whole beat you know i play with the settings quite a bit and uh comes a bass yeah Wh- whatever you want you know yeah pets can become a synth and i don't know you know even <laughs> i mean but, but it's fun because also with the lfo thing i i don't know i'm having a lot of fun now with with ableton 11 especially i use the lfo on everything same same have yep. everything move because it's yeah it's just better it is it, someone who's playing the instrument because the tone and it, it keeps changing so it has more of a band feel yeah less of a static you know midi you know yeah the, have you played with shaper at all no so shaper is it's uh like lfo's cousin you can actually draw like physically click and draw the shape oh, of the lfo which is kind of fun. And that, that's actually now included in Live 11. And you can do pretty much everything you would normally do with the LFO for the most part. But I think you could actually draw in the curves and make it a little more surgical to the beat, which is kind of fun. Almost want to close this. I'm going to try right. <laughs> You're like, I'll see you later, Dan. I'm going to go play with that. Uh, all right. I think we're done here. <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, let me write. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Honestly, one of the most fun parts about this podcast is just learning from other people. Cause like I get to ask questions to people like you, there's always something new to learn from everybody. And it's just, I love doing this podcast for that reason. Yeah. I mean, 
I totally agree. Like, even I don't know if it's in your experience. I mean, we were just saying that before. When, when you teach, you kind of like learn yeah. yourself quite a few things because you prepare, and I don't know. It, it's yeah. I'm really excited about those. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. So, as far as other like Ableton Live presets or instruments or audio effects, what are some of your go-to's? I mean, glue compressor. Yeah. Is my savior. I love it. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. It's it's also like uh, I mean trick, not really a trick. Like I like to put it on the master when I do songs. Okay. Uh, as my limiter, like I don't yeah. I don't I don't have a chain when I produce a mix down first mix down makes no sense to me. Uh, but I'm I don't like to do the mix downs, you know polite nothing is in the red because they, they can it's really difficult let's be honest because it's what people always say you have to do like that yeah sure uh but you know not everybody has a perfect room and and even if i do it's, it's just an added difficulty that why would you do that to yourself so what i do is just put the soft clip on and I crank it up a little bit so that uh you know that the glue compressor has that a little uh yellow light yeah for the clipping yeah pops up when it's clipping. Okay. So you have to make sure that it has small. Just a little bit. Just little blinks. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not too solid of yellow. But anyway, you just crank it up. You hear it. Yeah. It doesn't distort. It, it's really good in the way it emulates analog gear. Like, yeah. Pass anything through analog. It, it gives you a little more. Um, usually it should be 6 dB more of way before it starts getting distorted. Yeah. And the glue compressor, uh, I feel, emulates that quite well. It does. What it does, it, it just cuts everything that goes above zero. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't change the balance of your mix down. Say, when you take it out, because maybe somebody else is mastering it, mm-hmm. it's going to master what you heard quieter. Yeah. Uh, a, a thing that I find people have trouble when when they work with mastering chain because still some people have you know three four things at any given time on the mastering chain when they produce yeah uh, then it, it's a bit also of a recipe for being disappointed with the mastering you either then keep some of your plugin on the master but then it's not really a master or the master will sound different because yeah the balances are yeah yeah so anyway, again, long story short, whatever works for you, but the, the least possible, I think, on the master when you when you're working. I'm the same way. I kind of work the same way. I usually do a very similar thing. I'll kind of have multiple groups of instruments, and I'll do some compression on all of those groups. Um, except for I don't do much on the bass or the kick, and then I'll end up having um, like a tape machine that I'll put on the master just to give everything a group hug and give it like a warmer, old, like thick sound. I love UAD for that. Uh, their ATR 102 is my favorite mastering tape machine. But yeah, I leave everything else off the master. It's pretty much doing a lot of the work and then sending off somebody else to master. But I also master other people's tracks. I just prefer right. not to master my own. Honestly, I like other people's opinions. If if I'm forced to, I will master my tracks, but I have my favorite mastering people from forever. Yeah. And uh, if the person... The, if I release with someone who can afford it, or if I really, 
because it's you, you know the, the state of some releases in 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 club music like with house like underground stuff it's like you won't even recoup the expense of the master <laughs> <laughs> right you have to take out a loan for your master <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think like prices have been going down actually mastering yeah. a lot it's a lot of competition yeah yeah a lot and, of people are doing it and you have places like lander now who are like automated mastering and I've heard it's pretty good. I still don't know if I would trust a machine to master my music yet, even though I'm sure it's gotten really, really good. Oh, uh, yeah. It's pretty... I mean, I haven't... Because it, it it's a bit of artificial intelligence too, from what I understand. So it, it keeps getting better. Yeah. Because every track they master, it learns something. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, like, I had some instances, because I mastered too, when, when, when people send me... You know, they were like, uh, you know, I did this Lander Master, but I want you to do it. And uh, I struggled. Really? I struggled to do it better. Mm. Um, but you can always do it better. Because yeah. it, it's like, the, it doesn't have, um, and maybe, you know, I'm pretty sure artificial intelligence will develop that, which is scary. A taste. It, it doesn't have the taste yet. So it's also a matter of artistic choices. Right. It, just technical choices there yeah i hate to say that but if if you just want to master something to send it to a label for a demo and you know and maybe you don't want to spend money because i don't know how much is the master with lander uh that's a really good question i can look that up i'm looking i think this is right for lander you can do two masters a month on the basic plan uh for 658 a month $6.58. Six dollars yeah. and fifty-eight cents. See that—that's worth it. That's wild. Yeah, it's like a demo. If you're just like, I don't know. For me, I, I wouldn't do that as an official release. But if I was just demoing a track, just to like upload to Dropbox and share with some people, maybe that's wild. Yeah, I mean, because I should tell people. Because sometimes I get some people who are like, "Can you master it so I can send it to a label?" I'm like, it "Doesn't make sense." Yeah. Like I can, but you're wasting your money. Like, <laughs> so that, that that's a good option. That's that was, labels, you know, they want to maybe have their own mastering person many times. Is that is that often the case? I mean, I've never really been signed to a larger label personally. I've always done it independent. But is do certain labels or larger labels have like an in-house mastering person they usually point people to? I mean, I mean, my experience with, even with main course. But we were always as smaller labels. Yes, we had our guy. Okay. Um, but actually, you know, maybe you no. Know, you're right. It's not really true. You will have to go through their mastering, maybe if it's a compilation, and because right. all tracks have to sound the same, they sure. can have. But um, that makes sense. Actually, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, I went on Dirty Bird once, and they used my master. Oh. Um. Dirty Bird's a great label, by the way. I love a lot of the stuff they put out. It's a good crew of people. Yeah, yeah they they were like, no, can you? I'm always, <laughs> I like to have other people mastering my tracks, to be honest. Yeah. Because I learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, how did you do that? You get it back and you're just like listening to all these little things and tweaks. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, sometimes um, I think, you no, know, the, the only times that, 
you actually have to use the, the mastering of the label is if it's a remix, then it's in a package of remixes. Like when it's with other tracks that uh, you cannot master, of course, because they're not yours. Sure. And it has to have one person mastering. Yeah, that makes sense. Because otherwise it would, yeah. I mean, I even remember I had a song with someone. I paid for my favorite mastering guy uh, in London, Mike Marsh. Uh, he did like, I mean, the Chemical Brothers, the Pesh Mode. He did like punk rock. Like, oh, nice. Um, like, and, uh, and, but then we couldn't use that master because it, instead of being an EP, went to a compilation. Uh, so yeah. I had to have a shit worse master. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that makes sense that you want a consistency to the sound of all the tracks and having one person, I guess. But it, it makes sense, if I may, sorry to interrupt, last yeah, yeah. mastering to for, for producers, it might make sense to develop. Um, how do you say a relationship with or, or find your favorite mastering person yeah. or mixing engineer for that, you know, find someone who understands you because it doesn't mean uh, that if you go to the best one available, it will be great. Like yeah. it'll be great if the person is good, but also there's usually something else that makes it works. And it's, it's when they understand where you want to go, or, or you can explain yourself better. So I, I think when you find someone that makes your work the way you intended it, bear in mind that's not super common. So I, I keep, keep that person tight. <laughs> yeah, buy them Christmas cards and send them gifts. <laughs> and it can also be like, a, uh, that I like, it can also be like a collaborate artistic collaboration, you know, like some of my favorite rap, producers like jay dilla you know oh, since yeah. forever always use the same guy madly yeah. also uh, always the same person and after some time you don't need to explain yourself anymore you develop almost your sound together with the person yeah um, and and that takes a little bit of the burden off you technically uh, but but still keeps your sty stylistic right yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's very true. Having somebody that has a lot of experience and understands your sound specifically, that's huge. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't probably send my music off to the guy that mastered the Dixie Chicks. It's a very different, it's a very different yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah. Or if he understands it, you know. Yeah, maybe he does. Maybe it would be good. I don't know, honestly. Yeah, no. That's true. Well, Dirty Bird, that, that was a great label. Uh, Ardalan, actually, I I played my very first house DJ set opening for him when he was in Indianapolis. That was a lot of fun. Uh, when when was that? That was about a year and a half ago. Because oh, I I've, I've always been yeah super nice guy. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> I've done um I mean I've seen him a lot of times. I did a back to back with him. That was super fun one time at Electric Forest. I think. Oh yeah. So, what uh, year was that? two three years ago i might have been i might have played that year oh i might have been there i was that was a, a strange day <laughs> how so <laughs> <laughs> for some reason i got really drunk like <laughs> just i woke up feeling really sick oh no I oh, think man. I don't I like I don't puke the day off the night off yeah. I woke up and it's it was just like just puking nothing like 
Oh, Two seconds, man. five minutes before the, my set, I was in the porta party. Oh no, that's and terrible. My band, music, who knew? You know, <laughs> I started playing. After half an hour, I'm like, and I'm thirsty. I'm dying. Bad, yeah. I haven't had any liquids in like six hours. You know, it was early afternoon though. Oh, but man. so I'm like, can I have a Coca Cola? Yeah. And my drink, you know, by the end of my side, I drank like four Coca Colas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was still feeling a bit like not great. But I think uh, was some red light. I think was late, so they asked, yeah. like, "Can you do back to back with Ardalan?" Um, and I'm gonna lie, I had just taken a little shroom thingy. <laughs> <laughs> but Sounds fun. Super fun. It was so fun. That's uh, great. And he's super versatile guy. Yeah. Yes, the bass always cranked up. Uh, I was like, "Why is my songs weaker?" I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> no." But and and I don't know. I think he's one of the people who really cares uh, about his music and is very uh, precise, very uh, very uh, act, you know the attention of to detail mm-hmm. uh, in his production and how he approaches it seems to be quite remarkable no it really is and i think he's very outside the box with a lot of his music because in a lot of the the albums that he's released they all kind of have their own different sounds in a way like mr good it was very unique sounding like it just was very experimental in the way he produced it and some of the tracks which is really cool yeah it almost feels like because i i think i know he's he likes minimal stuff minimal house yeah it's a bit of a blend of that into him. Yeah. And that's the thing. And then you create your own style. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. It kind of has a style in being maybe not, not always, you know, not always in the same lane, but I don't know when I hear him and, and other artists, I like when you hear an artist and you kind of can recognize that it's them mm-hmm. or, you know, that there's something that yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I can see how that's here. I feel the same way about you, though. I mean, I think you have a, a, a unique sound with Bob. Yeah. That, that's, I think maybe it's in the approach of how, how I sound. Um, but, you know, because I always like, I can't have too many options sometimes because <laughs> I like so many genres. So I, I kind of spaz out a little bit too much. Same. And, yeah. And, and that's what I'm also trying to do with, with this new project, which is a duo. You know, it's more like, one lane but you know it's still you know that i love and, and with with bot i'm kind of more free like i have a song coming out end of june okay with sasha, sasha robot he did a um record label okay called sloth acid um sloth acid i'll check that out yeah and so, so a song coming out with him that's kind of like you know i think you can tell that it's produced by me but it, it the style, you know, the, the, the um, it's it's like a bit more main main room kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not EDM. It's still like weird, but it's more maybe more a little more techno, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I love techno. I uh, had some wild experiences at Movement, the techno oh, fest in Detroit. That's, <laughs> that's a one that I've never went. It's crazy. It's a crazy place, man. For yeah, sure. Yeah, only time I had to go. I, didn't make my flight. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I had it on purpose, let's be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had a spirit flight. And, and you know, 
Oh, spirit. Yeah, no, that makes yeah, sense. I wake up at seven. I arrived home at four. I was like, I'm just not going to put the alarm on. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. It's up to fate. Really, at I, that make point. It, I make it. Oops, yeah. I didn't make it. <laughs> if not, it's a sign, really. Yeah. If not, it's not the worst flight to miss, you know? Yeah, I spirit. Mean, it's the worst flight, but it's not the worst money wise. Do they have seatbelts on spirit flights? I don't know. I've heard stories. <laughs> I mean, I once, I only took it, I think once. And, and for some reason, they, they had this lottery at check in. So I won the, which, which was scary for two. It was a new plane. And they told us this is the first time this plane is flying commercially in America. I'm like, can you test it? What the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm not excited. Surprise. And they had this two rows of this business class, apparently, that I won. Oh, that's it was cool. really weird, puffy seats. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not that tall. My, my feet couldn't even like touch the ground. Oh, wow. I, I lost like the blood circulation. <laughs> I was like, I'd like like a normal seat. Like this is looks like good, but yeah, their business anyway. class business class is real fancy. They actually give you water. It's oh, pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's high quality. That's funny, man. I mean, we have similar in Europe. You know, Ryanair, EasyJet. It's yeah, yeah. And that's the pro- might be worse. Some of them. Just here, it's longer flights. That's that's the bad thing. Some things are worth paying for. Sometimes that's for sure. So what is what is next for you? You just you said you had a song dropping at the end of June. Uh, any other future projects uh, in or July? Or in July first, um, and then in the fall, um, we're gonna start doing the new project. But sorry, I'm being a little bit cryptic because no, that's fine. We're not announcing, uh, but you know, we we already have re- the first release signed, and um, and also uh, you know. Um, I was reading in your email, maybe the possible questions like with, with main course also, um, yeah, we're, yeah. We're planning on closing the label. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, we haven't been done doing things, uh, many things recently and, uh, we're three people, Mia Sarmar and Euteric. Euteric uh, now lives in London, Ontario, and, you know, he has a family, two kids and, He's kinda not kinda. He was the person who did kind the whole like a lot of stuff. Uh yeah. All the boring stuff. <laughs> All the stuff you didn't want to do. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's a good idea not to have me do it because <laughs> right. I'm not really good at Excel spreadsheets and numbers. No. Uh, no. Like, no. Uh so it was just time, you know. It's like, okay, guys, but we want to, um, today, this morning, actually, he just sent, we want to just, uh, do something for it to end a little bit celebrating. Yeah. So we're going to try to make a song, just the three of us together. Cool. And, uh, potentially maybe like just do a little closing tour. That'd be fun. Say, say goodbye. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Cause it's just like. You know, we were not ever the biggest label or anything, but it, it feels, it yeah, it would feel weird to just be like, okay, bye, we're done. Yeah, it's more of a, you get a little closure, mm-hmm. and you know, there's you know, nobody's sad or anything, and it's you know, we were kind of like, yeah, 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 we should close it. You know, like what's the point? Yeah, yeah, 
that opens up a new chapter in life for you to do new projects and new things. Things come and go. So yeah. Yeah. yeah also potentially maybe like it could be a new label with a new project. So it's you know, you, you want to also like be able to to give your time mm-hmm. to projects. And I think nobody was uh in the position to do that with main course anymore. Sure. So it's just it's natural. Yeah. Well, I would love to see you guys come in and do a tour somewhere in Indianapolis where I'm based in. So if you guys ever, if you want to book a show here, I can make that happen for you guys. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Let me know. Indianapolis. Uh, I mean, it's it's not the most exciting place in the world, to be honest. I love leaving and going <laughs> to L.A. and Denver and New York and all the other places. But there's definitely a house scene here oh. for sure. So um, people, we get people out for sure. It'd be fun. But yeah, yeah, man. Well, dude, thanks for hanging out. This has been really fun. I want to respect your time. I know you've got other oh, stuff man. going on, but uh, yeah. Is there any other last words? And if not, then just let us know where's the best place to stay connected with you. Uh, yeah, I don't know about last words, but yeah, the, the, the place to be connected, all my socials are at bot 106, 106, so BOT 106. Um, and yeah, that, that's, you know, uh, <laughs> right on the end. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'll include, uh, all the links in the show notes, everybody listening as I always do to the episode. So go down there, click follow Andrea. Great, dude. This is an awesome episode. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks. Peace. Man. Yeah, man. Well, later. Hey, big shout out to Andrea for hanging out in the podcast. Make sure you guys go check out the links in the show notes. Give him some love. Give him a like, a follow. Also wanted to give a heads up. I have a Discord you can join for free. If you want to jump in my forum, ask questions, hang out, I will be there. So go to liveproducersonline.com slash Discord. Jump in for free. You'll get the private link. Also join the newsletter if you want to be the first to get new episodes when they come out. And just go to liveproducersonline.com slash newsletter. On that site, would also love to have you join the membership. Free seven-day trial if you want to grow some Ableton brain cells. I have a ton of video tutorials and downloads and courses in there that you can check out. So free seven-day trial. Everybody loves free. Also, if you want to save some money purchasing or upgrading to Ableton Live 11 standard or suite, go to liveproducersonline.com slash buyableton. Tell your friends because a good friend tells other friends about hella good deals like buying Ableton. So check that out as well. And that's liveproducersonline.com slash buyableton. Much love, everybody. Until next time, I will see you later.